ओम ज्ञान Discussing who is Krishna, there's no end to his glories. But anyway, I won't finish it. Finish the discussion as I was doing it. Means that uh, if we ask different people, they'll give different answers. So I went through some prominent persons. Devotees and non-devotees. And what would be their reply if you ask them, Who is Krishna? Who is Krishna? So, we don't really want to hear what the demons say. But anyway, we went through all that because we have to hear so many horrible things. And unfortunately, in this material world, what the demoniac people say about Krishna, so we should... Be prepared to rebut that. And uh, in Ljubljana on Jamashtami evening, I got as far as discussing Arjuna and Krishna. So, I'll continue. And I'm not going to everyone. Nakul and Sahadev. There are unlimited devotees also, so. Just taking some prominent ones and continuing. Is it the cell phone? It's online. It's recording. Well, we're having a Srimad Bhagavatam discussion. I'm just listening to a lecture by Suhotra Swami. And someone's cell phone went off in the middle and he said, You're lucky I don't have a revolver, otherwise I'd shoot you. <laughs> Extreme. Of course he said it laughing. But he might have. Anyway, uh, We'll now proceed to Dwaraka. There's so many great devotees of Krishna in Dwaraka. How many devotees of Krishna were there in Dwaraka? Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. If uh, if we see that King Nagnajit, who was the father of Nagnajiti, as part of his dowry to Krishna, he gave so many, if you see, so many servants and maidservants, if you calculate it, say so ten times this, he gave so many horses and ten times more this and ten times, if you see the number of servants and maidservants, it's actually more than the present population of the world. They're all in Dwarka. In, they're just in one palace, actually. They're just in Nagajiti's palace. So, presumably they're all devotees. Must have been devotees. They're all great devotees of Krishna who they know as Dwarkadish. Who's been to Dwarka? No, you don't go to Dwarka. You know, the real Vrindavan devotees. Huh? In Vrindavan they say, don't go to Dwarka. <laughs> If you go there, your bhakti will be spoiled. That's what they, some people in Vrindavan say that. You'll lose your Rajabha. Nityananda Prabhu went there, so we have a good precedent. Nityananda Balaram went to Dwaraka. So uh, Krishna was living there in Dwaraka, and he's known as Dwaraka Dish. Uh, by many names also. They also called him Govinda, Shamasunda, Madhava, so many names that are known of Krishna in other places also. And they know about Krishna in Vrindavan. They know about that. That, yeah, he was also a cowherd boy. They don't really know very much about it and they can't relate to it much. Now, in Vrindavan, Krishna is known as 
Radha Krishna, Radha's Krishna. When we say Radha Krishna, it means Radha's Krishna. That's a, that's that's one way of understanding. Sri Krishna means the same thing. Sri means Radha, so Radha's Krishna. But in Dwaraka, it's not exactly the same. Krishna, he's also Rukmini Raman, Rukminish, the Lord of Rukmini. But in Vrindavan, everything centered around Radha and Krishna Lila. Every, everything, everyone serves Radha and Krishna Lila. But it's not exactly the same in Dwaraka. There are so many queens. 16,108 queens of whom Rukmini is the chief according to some. Satyabhama doesn't agree. <laughs> but officially Rukmini is the chief. She's number one. First one that got married. And who's the second? Krishna's second queen? In order of Getting them. Generally, people say Satyabhama because she's the most famous. But chronologically, the second was Jambavati. She came at the same time as Satyabhama, but just a little before because Jambavan gave Jambavati along with his son Takajur. And then when they went back to Dwarka, then uh, Satyajit gave Satyabhama also. But Satyabhama is more famous. She's hot-headed lady. So they know Krishna uh, more as uh, Yadupati. He's, he's the master of all of them. Of course, that name could also be given to any of the kings of the Yadu dynasty. But... Uh, Krishna's name is Yadupati. He's, they all feel very confident in their relationship with him. It's a relaxed feeling. They all feel very secure in relationship with Krishna. Although sometimes there are Severe disturbance, at least one time when Shalva attacked Dwarka. There were severe disturbances at that time. But then after that, it was, everything became quite peaceful. That was quite early in Krishna's life. That, that same time that Shalva attacked, that was the same time that the, uh, the dice match was going on, in which the Pandavas were banished to the forest because Krishna came after that and said I would have come and interfered I would have killed Duryodhana right but uh, I was busy with this Shalva I had to look after him send him uh, to hell or whatever so after that the life in Dwarka was very relaxed and everyone very happy in Krishna's service the same word is still there in Dwarka today although it's not Dwarka in the sea, but it's Dwarka on the edge of the sea. And still, the devotees, uh, every, a devotee means everyone living there. They're all very uh, relaxed, no problem. Krishna's looking after us. They have that feeling. Nothing can go wrong. Very pleasant mood in the service of Krishna. Actually, nothing can go wrong in Dwarka. Nothing goes wrong. Sometimes there's drought, shortage of water, but uh, just like there was a terrible earthquake in Gujarat, when was that? About 19, what? can't remember the year, about 12 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. So that whole area all around was devastated, but Dwaraka, nothing. And going further back, nothing, not even a single house fell down. Nothing, no problem at all. Just maybe there was a little tremor, that's all. And then uh, the, during the la- the last full scale 
Pakistan India war, then then because Dwarka is very close to Pakistan, it's just opposite Karachi. So uh, a, a naval ship, yeah, a ship, from Pakistani warship came and just faced Dwarka and fired a rocket. It went right over Dwarka and landed. They missed all the time. And they had a clear shot. They just, they just completely missed. And it didn't even explode, even when it landed. So like that, they, they, that's what I was told in Dwarka, that by the grace of Dwarka Nish, we're always protected. There's, there's no problem here. And people live opulently. They lead an opulent life. You'll see the Pujaris. Uh, what they do, the, uh, the, the big flags are offered on the top of the temple. Something like, there'll be something like this, except a lot bigger. A lot bigger. And then uh, when someone brings a new flag, then they pull the old flag down. It may, the flag may be up for a few days or a few hours. But whenever someone brings a new one, then they take this one. And they make that cloth into uh, dhotis and the bagal bandis. You know this? You tie up this shirt, you tie it up like this. For the pujaris. So they're dressed in cloth like this. This kind of color and shiny satin. Something like that. It's probably made out of polyester. But, uh, so they're all very uh, regal and colorful and they all eat nice food and live very comfortably and peacefully and there's no problem by the grace of Krishna. So it's a different mood to bring down. They're very comfortable in the service of Krishna. Very happy in the service of Krishna. And of course, also in Vrindavan, very happy in the service of Krishna. But in Vrindavan, actually the first words I ever read in Prabhupada's books, that is the uh, Krishna book, volume 2. It said, Prabhupada wrote that, Vrindavan is such a nice place, but due to the influence of this material world, even, I'm paraphrasing now, there, there are so many disturbances, even in Vrindavan. So in Vrindavan there's so many disturbances, one after another, caused by various demons. So it's, apart from that, the whole Leela of Krishna is a dangerous Leela. He's playing with uh, the wives of others, so it's, it's always, there's always an element of danger, and they're always, always nervous. In that difficulty, they're running to Krishna. So there's different mood altogether. Even when there's no demon directly attacking, they know that Kamsa is just down the road and he doesn't like us. So there's always the fear that Kamsa will send someone or come himself. So uh, in Dwarka, very comfortable, and in Vrindavan, not very comfortable, but uh, more intensely serving Krishna. That's why there's a saying among sadhus, Aram, Haram. Aram means comfort. And Haram means very bad, abominable. So we have this saying, the com- we should not be in the comfort zone. Don't live a very comfortable life. Comfortable living and advancement in Krishna consciousness don't go very well together. So we see that we can make a temple very comfortable and live very comfortably. But there's nothing wrong with living comfortably, but if we're simply interested in living comfortably and ringing the bell, and that's all, then we're not likely to advance in Krishna consciousness. What's the best place to make spiritual advancement? What do you think? More than in the temple is outside, on the streets. Of course, we need to come to the temple also and chant Hare Krishna. But the uh, taking the difficulty of going outside and presenting Krishna consciousness among 
people who, when they if they ever read Krishna book, they might uh, feel more empathy with Kansa than with Krishna. They say, I'm on Kansa's side, not on Krishna's side. I saw one book you have here in German. Are you still selling that one? The Art of Living has a picture on it. What is it? Picture of Krishna punching Kansa to death. It's like, <laughs> it's, what's it called? Is there something of living? You didn't see that one? I was thinking, well, maybe that's what people relate to if they, <laughs> they give me this. This is our spiritual advice. You catch someone on the street, throw them down, <laughs> and punch them out. That's what Krishna does with the demons. So better be a devotee. Because even Kamsa was very fortunate. I mean, we might get beaten up by a skinhead, but he got beaten up by Krishna. So if you're going to get beaten up by anyone, better get beaten up by Krishna. But, yeah, we, we don't like Kamsa. We cheer, we're cheering Krishna. We're not cheering Kamsa. Some people were cheering Kamsa. In the wrestling arena, some were cheering him. When Shishupal got his head cut off at the Raja Surya, just before the Raja Surya Yagya, many kings who supported him, they just left quietly because they were afraid that they liked Shishupal. They would have been happy if Shishupal had done what he always said he would do, which he never did, which was to kill Krishna. They also had the same idea, but they left. So in, uh, yeah, where are we then? Yeah, in Dwaraka there are so many devotees, among whom, who's considered the best devotee in Dwaraka? Anyone? Uddhava. Uddhava is considered the best, yeah. Because that's that stated that he it was the great fortune of Uddhava that he became known as a madman. Sometimes he would go outside the city of Dwarka up onto a big hill and see the clouds, the monsoon clouds. And he would be lost in transcendental madness babbling to the clouds about Krishna. So he became known as a madman. But that madness, that's just normal in Vrindavan. It's uh, just everything, it, it's so intense. The love for Krishna is so intense. Of course, we can talk about it. To talk about it and to experience it is something else. It's not so easy just to jump in that's the mistake of the Prakrita Sahajis. They think that we'll just jump in. Here we come. But it's not so easy. That requires zenith purity. But the love for Krishna is so intense that the natural elements, they lose their qualities. The stones melt. The Yamuna becomes frozen. Everything became, it's inconceivable that that's at the sound of Krishna's flute. So, uh, in Vrindavaka, I didn't mention Mathura because it's more or less the same rule as Dwarka, the same devotees. They all, they're all in Mathura and all of a sudden, boom, they're in Dwarka. What happened? They just <coughs> transported. So in Vrindavan, the great opulence that is there in Dwarka, uh, it's more in Vrindavan than in Dwarka, but it's not noticed much, the, the great opulence, because the mood is very simple. And everyone in Vrindavan, they know Krishna as Yashodanandana. He's known as the son, the darling son of Yashoda. If we ask the Rajavasis, who is Krishna? They all know him as Yashoda Nandana. It's Mother Yashoda. Everyone has great respect for her. Uh, of course, he's also known as Nanda Nandana. 
Gokulananda, the, the son of Nanda Maharaj, and the uh, giver of pleasure to everyone in Gokul. So these, there are many devotees in different rasas. Even the Shanta Rasa in Vrindavan, they're also serving Krishna. The trees, they can move. They may move and Krishna needs some shade so the trees can move and give Krishna some shade. And the, the servants, we don't hear so much about the servants in Vrindavan, but especially the the friends uh, of Krishna, his parents, and apart from his parents in the Vatsalyaras, or the mood of parental love, there are many devotees who are of the same age as Yashoda and Nanda who relate to Krishna in a parental way, parental mood. And of course the, the gopis. But they all know Krishna as the uh, son of Mother Yashoda. Uh, even the even the cows, you see, they're supposed to be in Shantaras, but they're all serving Krishna by giving their milk. And Krishna serves them by looking after them. So Krishna is known as Gopal, Govinda, he gives pleasure to the cows. Rakhal is a, it's actually a well-known name. We don't hear it much, but at least in Bengal that name is well-known. Rakhal means the protector, particularly of the, the cows. Now, uh, Krishna has his pet names also, nicknames. Kana, Gokula Ramjana, Kana. So that's nickname. Krishna becomes Kana. Or in Bengali they say Kano, or Hindi Kanaya. Tamil, how many Tamils? No? They all come in the day. Kanan, but Kana is the common name, the nickname. Balaram becomes nickname for Balaram. Anyone? Balai, Radharani. Anyone? No. Rai, just short like that. So it's a very intimate atmosphere. If you call someone by a nickname, that means it's a very very intimate relationship, isn't it? You can't walk up to some big important person and call them by the nickname. At home, generally at home in India, even today, everyone has some nickname. They don't call by the official name. Usually one, one syllable or two syllables, something short like that. So, yeah, if we ask the different devotees, who is Krishna? Well, they'll say different things. Stoker Krishna, or the, any of the covered, but depends. Some of the, they generally think, yeah, yeah, he's my friend. He's, you know, we look after him when he goes out to the forest, and, you know, he's just a little boy, so we look after him. Mother Yashoda likes us to keep an, an eye on him, because, you know, he's, he thinks he's very strong, but, you know, actually it's we, we coward boys are looking after him. They think like that. If we ask Mother Yashoda, who is Krishna, she may think, what are you asking that for? Everyone knows, everyone knows who he is, but there's no point in asking who he is. He's not here now, so go and call him. Time to bring him from the pasturing room. He must be hungry. She's always thinking how to feed him. Even just after he's eaten, she's thinking how to feed him. She's always thinking he must be hungry. She's always thinking to cook more and more different items to please him. So that's a good mood for the temple servants, thinking how to please Krishna. They offer him a big meal in the morning. By midday he's already very hungry, so he needs another big meal. At night he's also hungry. Actually, we only feed him, how many times a day do you feed him here? Six times? Seven times. Yeah. But he can go on practically non-stop, like in Puri. He just goes on eating all the time. Practically non-stop. And no small snacks for him. There's no snacks. He eats big meals. So like that, it's uh, the 
parental devotees of Krishna, they're always thinking how to feed him. It's a main meditation. How to all different and uh, generally very uh, luxurious items. Krishna is not a health food freak. He doesn't eat grass. What's that? They have grass roots. What's that called? Grass shoots? Green grass shoots? They make it a liquid or something. Anyway. Wheat grass. Wheat grass. The cows eat that. Krishna, he takes food with lots of ghee, lots of sugar. Still that uh, in Nathwa, developed Sampada who worship Krishna in the uh, mood of opulence, the uh, the parental mood. So Nathdwar is very famous for prasadam and they offer here we have a ladu this size and there they have ladus literally this size. You can that's off that's just one of the like small football. <laughs> and full of ghee and cashews and Lots of sugar, like this. So they, they, they feed Krishna very opulently. Because they think he's a growing young man. Prabhupada said that also. In one time in Vrindavan, in Islam in Vrindavan, there was a uh, somewhat of a dispute between the cooks and the temple authorities. Because the cooks wanted to cook lots for Krishna. And the temple authorities said, oh, we don't have so much money. So they asked Prabhupada and Prabhupada. He said, should cook for Krishna like a hungry young boy? And Prabhupada gave the standard, so, a minimum, so many puris, so many sabjis, like this. He's a hungry young boy, he's out playing. So he needs to be fed very nicely. So uh, in Vrindavan, there are very famous devotees, but there are many others devotees. And we, we don't even know them. I mean, even a blade of grass in Vrindavan, we hear a lot about the gopis. And the, but even the even a blade of grass in Vrindavan is experiencing such ecstasy, thinking that when will Krishna come and place his foot upon me? Krishna wanders all over the huge area of Vrindavan, and this way he favors all the different devotees because everything there is conscious. The grass, the stones, the, the pebbles. So Krishna favors them all by going everywhere. And his flute can be heard throughout the Vrindavan area. And this way everyone is relating with Krishna. Uh, so, uh, particularly... In Vrindavan, the the gopis, they're very uh, famous as great devotees of Krishna. So if we ask, who is Krishna? If we ask the gopis. Now, in one of the lectures about this, I, I previously said that some demons, they modern demons, they blaspheme Krishna. They say he's immoral. He's a liar. He's a cheater. And such people, we shouldn't see their face. But if we ask the gopis, depends what mood they're in, they might say the same thing. So, who's right? If the demons say it, they're wrong. If the gopis say it, they're right. It's the same thing. But, when the demons say it, they mean to vilify Krishna. And actually the gopis do also, but that's in their mood of intense uh, love for Krishna, that they wish that he didn't cheat on them, he didn't lie to them. But, but it's all ananda chinmaya rasa. It's all the blissful, spiritual, emotional uh, tastes that the gopis, they also feel like that. But even though Krishna mistreats them, they say he mistreats them. And if we consider from the... It's very difficult for us to consider these topics at all. But if we consider from a, a neutral standpoint, there's no neutrality <laughs> But in this Leela. But 
yes, Krishna is not behaving very well with them. It seems like that. But, of course, whatever Krishna does is simply to increase, uh, with his, uh, especially among his devotees, is to increase their love for him. But that behavior of Krishna with the gopis is uh, so much relishable to them. It's very difficult to understand. He cheats on them, lies to them, mistreats them. But nevertheless, uh, even though he is lumpata, he's always uh, considered by them as the Lord of their life. Now, who is Krishna? Who should we can ask various devotees and, they will, and non-devotees and they will give their idea. Here's a verse which is quoted in Chaitanya Charitamrita. That who should we ask? Who can say the best? Who can describe the glories of Krishna the best? So this verse is from the Adi Purana. Krishna says, Krishna says, Manmahatnyam matsapatnyam matchatang manmayo gatam jananti gopikav partha jnani jananti tapvataha. Krishna says, Who knows about me? We may ask so many different people, but Krishna says, Who knows about me? My glories, my service, uh, faith in me. My intentions, what, what's in my mind? Who knows? Krishna tells Partha, Arjuna, the gopis know. They know me better than anyone. No one else knows about all these subjects, only they know. So, does that mean that everyone in Mathura, Dwaraka, no one else knows? Well, in one sense, yes, because Krishna, he he manifests in various forms, but his uh, original form, Vrindavan, we say this, original form, although there's no difference between his original form and any other form. There's no difference in one sense between Krishna and Vrindavan, Krishna outside Vrindavan, Krishna as Nrishimha, as Varaha, as Vamana, they're all the same Supreme Person. They're not different people. But Krishna says, who knows me? Are they, they know my, my very mind and my very intentions. That is the gopis of Vrindavan. So, they're very elevated topics, no doubt. But especially in the Sampradaya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is the uh, worshipable object. Aradyo Bhagavan Rajesha Tanayas Taddhama Vrindavanam Ramyakachit Upasana Vrajavadhu Vargena Yakalpita Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings is that God is worshipable. Alright, well, everyone says that, right? Aradyo Bhagavan, the Supreme Person of Bhagavan, He is to be worshipped. But particularly, who is that Supreme Person? Vrajeshatanaya, the son of the king of Vrindavan, Krishna. And just to make it more clear, Tadhama Vrindavana. His, his dham is Vrindavan, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's uh, especially interested in worshipping Krishna in Vrindavan. And Ramya Kachidupasana Brajuvadhu Vagena Yakalpita. And the best way of worship of Krishna is that of the Gopis of Vrindavan. So this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings. Uh, Bhakti yes. So Vrindavan means Tadhama uh, Vrindavana. That Krishna's dham is Vrindavan. His abode is Vrindavan. Uh, but generally we hear Radhe Vrindavan Ishvari, isn't it? We don't hear very much. Good. Vrindavan Ishvara, Krishna. We hear Radhe Vrindavan Ishvara. Vrindavan and Natha, that name, that name is there. That Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions that those who 
in Brahma Mahurta chant this uh, Gurvashtaka. So Eva Vrindavananata Sakshat Sevaiva Labhyo Janatoshta Inga. He says that those who Srimad Gurvashtaka Metat Uchai Brahme Mahurte Patati Prayatnad, those who carefully and loudly recite Gurvashtaka in the Brahma Mahurta, then when they leave their body, they go to directly to serve Vrindavananatha. So the name is there. But generally we hear Vrindavaneshwari, that the queen of Vrindavan is Radha. We don't hear so much about the king of Vrindavan. When we hear the king of Vrindavan, generally that's thought Nanda Maharaj. And Krishna is Rajeshatanaya, the son of the king of Vrindavan. So, uh, yeah, it's Radha's Vrindavan. Bhaktivinoda Thakur also says that. Radha Padankita Dham Tarnam Vrindavan. He defines Vrindavan as the place which is marked with the lotus footprints of. Generally, we think Vrindavan is marked by the footprints of Krishna, but Bhaktivinoda Thakur also he defines as marked by the footprints of Radha. So, uh, Radha, and then, yeah, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he also sings. He, he gives different moods at different times. That's why it can be confusing. Sometimes he says that we should respect everyone's different modes of worship, we shouldn't criticize them. In another place he says, he gives a summation of the philosophy of Christianity that God came as a human being, then he was killed, and if you, then if you believe in him, you go to, you go to heaven, otherwise you burn in hell forever. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur said that no intelligent person can accept such a, such a philosophy. So he said different things at different times. So, uh, but in one song in which he's expressing his own uh, inner feelings, he says that uh, anyone who thinks to worship Madhava, which means the husband of the goddess of fortune, Without Radha, he says, they are agyani. They don't know what they're doing. And they're, they're puffed up. He says that just like, uh, you, just like you can't imagine the sun without heat. So in the same way, there's no Krishna without Radha. So this is the uh, advanced devotees in Gorya line. They know that Krishna means Krishna with Radha. So, it's a very extremely exalted topic and one which even many great devotees don't have access to. So we shouldn't think that it's a very cheap thing that we can very quickly jump into. But if we are to discuss who is Krishna coming in the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we should know ultimately he is Radha Krishna, which means Radha's Krishna, Shakti Shaktima. Krishna is the possessor of all energies and his internal energy or his direct counterpart, the, uh, the female form of God, or the, the female form who is inseparable from him, is Radha. And how great is she? How great is her love for Krishna? That we cannot describe. Even Krishna himself, he comes as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to experience what is that. So, uh, once there was a discussion in Calcutta, two of Prabhupada's disciples were discussing uh, who is greater, Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then they couldn't work it out. They were arguing back and forth. So they went to Prabhupada's room. It's just there. And at that time, I don't think they have that now, but at that time there was a picture of 
Just behind Prabhupada's sitting place, there's a picture of Radha and Krishna. Local painting. So they asked. They both put forward their propositions. One says Krishna is great because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a devotee of him. And the other said, no, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is great because he's the most merciful. And Prabhupada pointed to Radha. He said, she's the greatest. Not Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because Krishna comes to experience what is her mood. So she is the, she is the greatest. We're the, we're the ultimate feminists. Not mundane, <laughs> not mundane feminists. Women, they should follow the example of Sita, not Radha. That's for Radha. And men, just as men shouldn't try to behave like Krishna in Vrindavan, they should try to be like Rama. So the women also, they should try to be like Sita, not like Radha. Sita Ram. Ram is Maryada Purushottam. Maryada means proper behavior. So he comes to establish that. Krishna is Lila Purushottam. He acts in his own Lila as he desires. We cannot imitate that. If we imitate that, then we go to hell. So uh, Krishna, fascinated by the love of Radha for himself, comes as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and gives love of Krishna. He's uh, simultaneously tasting love of Krishna and distributing that. So these are all very exalted topics. I'm sure there are many who can explain these much better than I can. Uh, how should we know Krishna? What, should, what, what can we know about Krishna? Should we worship Radha's Krishna or Rukmini's Krishna? What do you think? Well, as Prabhupada once said, I don't know Krishna, I only know my Guru Maharaj. And as far as I'm concerned, and probably most of us, uh, to say I know Krishna, it's a very bold saying, as Brahma said, I don't know. Jananta eva janantu kimba kimba cha chame prabho manasa vachasava vaivavam tamagocharaha Brahma said, I don't know Krishna. Some people may say they know him, but I don't know him. Even by mind, body, words, to understand Krishna's glories is impossible for me. So we know Prabhupada. We didn't know anything about Krishna. <coughs> And Srila Prabhupada only came to teach about Krishna. He gave us Krishna. Krishna Shaitama, Krishna Dite Paro, Tomara Shakatiyata. He can give us Krishna. There's a well known anecdote of this uh, Saraswati, the daughter of Shamasundra and Malati. They were traveling with Prabhupada in India. The little girl was there, Saraswati. She had a little statuette of Krishna. And while she wasn't looking, Prabhupada stole it. And then she came and said, where's, where's, my, where's my Krishna? Where's Krishna? And all the devotees said, where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? You better look for Krishna. So she was looking. Where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? She was in anxiety. She's going to everyone. Where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? Do you have Krishna? And then her father, Shamasunda, said, Saraswati, where is Krishna? Who has got Krishna? Who is giving Krishna? Then she understood. She went to Prabhupada and said, You have Krishna. <laughs> Prabhupada gave the deity back to So like this. Prabhupada is giving Krishna. So uh, there are many great devotees, no doubt. But uh, by the grace of Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we have come or trying to come to Krishna uh, through the medium of Srila Prabhupada. And we should worship Krishna and try to serve Krishna in the way that Srila Prabhupada has given us Krishna. 
Who is Krishna? For Prabhupada, Krishna is Radha Govinda. He worshipped in childhood. Radha Govinda and Jagannath. Later, he installed so many deities all over the world. Srila Prabhupada, uh, yeah, so many deities. Radha Gokulananda and Radha Nandanishra and Radha Parishishma were installed directly by Prabhupada in Europe, these three Radha Krishna deities. Radha Madhava in Mayapur. Who's been to Mayapur? Navin in Nilga? You lived there for so many years. Who else has been there? So many devotees. So you remember Radha Madhava, right? Very big deities, aren't they? Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen Krishna? Radha Madhava. But Radha Madhava, installed by Prabhupada, about this, Krishna is about this high. Have you seen also? So he said later, big ones, but this uh, Radha Madhava that Prabhupada installed. Yeah. Actually, from our big, small, Krishna is the biggest of the big and the smallest of the small. So if we say Radha Madhava very big, well, how big can Krishna? Krishna is the Vishwarup. So how big is that? Prabhupada said that Krishna kindly comes in the deity form so that we can deal with him. Because you have to dress the deities. If you had to dress the Vishwarup, all the, all the cloth factories in the world would be finished. So Krishna comes in such a form. Prabhupada said this. He comes in the form that we, just the right size that we can deal with him. So Prabhupada installed Radha Madhava and he had the vision of how People would come all over the world for Dasha, Radha, Madhava. Now at that time, the temple in Mayapur, it's not exactly the same temple that we have now. It's well, Now they have, uh, half of it is filled up with an exhibition. Uh, but it was, it was a different shape altogether. The Radha, Madhava, they were facing toward the Ganga. Now they're facing toward the Yoga Pute. So it was a different, a different design. They built up on the present temple, but then the temple was facing this way, and then they made it face this way. It's a little difficult to explain. Anyway, at one end of the temple was Radha Madhava, and at the other end was Prabhupada's Vyasa. It was quite a long distance, maybe uh, three times the length of this room. If you take the whole wall to wall, maybe about three times. And there Radha Madhava here and Prabhupada way back over there. So devotees said that, well, Prabhupada, maybe we should move your Vyasasana a little closer because you can't, you're so far away, you can't see Radha Madhava. And Prabhupada said, there's no question of separation between me and Krishna. <laughs> that was Prabhupada's response. So Prabhupada installed so many deities, so, so many Gornitai deities for, uh, Radha Damodavas. Many of the deities that were installed in pra during Prabhupada's personal presence, they weren't personally installed by him. He wasn't personally present. But he was considered. Radha Madan Mohan in German. Hans Duda. He arranged with him. And then uh, here in Zurich, it was Gornitai. Huh? I think the Jagannath came later after Prabhupada. And not this Gornitai. This, this Gornitai were here at that time during Prabhupada's? Yes. These neem forms of the Lord? Was it? Yeah. Those, those, that time we didn't have many neem deities. In Calcutta we had Radha Govinda with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So uh, I'm just trying to think of deities, Prabhupada. So Radha Govinda, Radha, then uh, Rukmini Dwarakadish. First of all, Prabhupada installed. Rukmini Dwarkanath, the small deities, and later the bigger deities. But he always referred to them as Radha Krishna. And Krishna with the flute, which you don't find Dwarkadish playing a flute. So, let me see, I don't know. In uh, Gopinath, Radha Gopinath in Sydney. The Radha Gopinath in Radhadesh, that also, I believe, after, shortly after. They were installed, first of all, in Amsterdam, I believe. I had darshan of them in 
Amsterdam in 19, January 1980. Then, uh, yeah, so many days. Hari in San Diego, I believe also, that uh, installed, but during Prabhupada's presence, but I'm not sure if Prabhupada personally installed it. Jagannath in San Francisco. So like this in... Uh, I, I don't know them all. Mostly in America. It would be mostly in America. Prabhupada installed Radha Krishna deities in Japan. We're not there anymore. They're somewhere in Vrindavan. Anyway, if we are Krishna Balaram. Prabhupada installed Radha Madan Mohan. Oh, Prabhupada, wherever he went, he would carry with him a photo of Radha Raspihari. He would always keep a photo of Radha Raspihari. In Bombay, he was always wherever he went. He was always thinking how to build that temple for Radha Raspihari. So in Delhi, he installed Radha Patasarati. So like this, I, I can't remember them all, but uh, I don't even know them probably. So these were all uh, forms of Krishna, who Prabhupada's Krishna. He installed so many deities in so many places. Uh, when he when in uh, London, the temple president Shudra Prabhu, he wrote to Prabhupada, and because we'd heard it said that Prabhupada had said that his favorite deities are Radha, and Ishwar. but then other people would so many devotees would come through London. They were coming from America to India. In those days there were no direct flights. And they would stop off in London to have Darsha and Radha Landanishra and to take Prasada. It was very famous, the Prasada of Radha Landanishra. So we used to hear that Prabhupada had said that his favorite deities were Radha Landanishra. But the devotees from New Vrindavan, where Prabhupada also installed it, they said, no, Prabhupada said his favorite deities are Vrindavan Chandra. Radha Vrindavan Chandra. So Shudadev wrote to Prabhupada and he asked that, uh, well, who are your favorite? <laughs> we think it's Radha Lananishra. And Prabhupada, actually his secretary wrote back and said, yeah, Prabhupada said that Radha Lananishra are his favorites. He said, I, he's, I like that Krishna. He's such a nice young boy. <laughs> of course, if the town president, or that would be Kirtan Andaswami, and in Vrindavan Chandra's new Vrindavan, he would have probably might have replied otherwise also. We can't say. Then Prabhupada loves them all. But uh, especially he was very concerned with the service of Raspi Hari. Very concerned with that. He's always thinking of that. He said, because I promised Krishna, I'll build you a temple here. So he said, I couldn't give up on that promise. He said that. Even devotees were wondering why Prabhupada was fighting so much with that Mr. Naya. Why, why did you just leave it? Take some money and go somewhere else. But Prabhupada said, I promised Krishna, I'm going to build your temple here. So he did that. So, yeah, uh, we we uh, we can follow Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada's Krishna. Prabhupada said that uh, my personal ecstasies, his purports, so the is, this is his personal ecstasy. Now, these books, they're also non-different from Krishna, Prabhupada's books. This, uh, Srila Prabhupada manifested Krishna in so many ways. He brought the name of Krishna, the deities of Krishna, Krishna Prasadam, which is also a form of Krishna. But the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, all these books, they're also manifestations of Krishna. This is, these are all Prabhupada's Krishna. Um, once some devotees who are traveling distributing books asked about uh, in having deities to travel with them. Prabhupada says, not necessary. You have my books, they are deities. So these books, they are Prabhupada's Krishna. And particularly through the uh, distribution of these books and study of these books, then the world will become connected with Krishna. As we see again and again that the uh, 
by reading these books, people take to Krishna consciousness. Wherever I go, they ask people, how did you first come in contact? How did you take to devotional service? By reading Prabhupada's books, how many of you came first from Prabhupada's books? See, so... I mean, I saw something about devotees on TV once before I got any of the books, but I wasn't even interested. It just kind of slightly registered in my mind, just enough so that later when I got a book, I knew where to go because it was the name of a village which was close to my father's house, which I wasn't living in at the time. So, uh, yeah, it's, but, but, but it's reading. I saw that on TV, but it was only when I got the book that I thought I should go to the temple. And, so, and I read the book. So, uh, Srila Prabhupada, he continues to connect everyone through these books, and not just giving the inspiration how to come to Krishna consciousness, but what is Krishna consciousness? We, we get Krishna through the instructions of Srila Prabhupada, which specifically he's given in his books. Srila Prabhupada said, I will never die, I will live forever in my books. So we all connect with Krishna through the books of Srila Prabhupada. There are many books, no doubt. But as Srila Prabhupada said, these are the law books for the next 10,000 years. Srila Prabhupada has presented Krishna in such a manner that if we study his books uh, very sincerely, then we will understand how to understand Krishna. Especially uh, Bhagavad Gita is the basis. And Prabhupada was always talking, day and night, literally day and night, Srila Prabhupada was talking, Bhagavad Gita philosophy. And also we'll find descriptions, I just now spoke of Radha, Gopis in Vrindavan, Srila Prabhupada gave all these topics. But he presented Krishna consciousness from the platform of Arjuna, the bewildered spirit soul. Arjuna was in the position of a bewildered spirit soul. And Srila Prabhupada presented Krishna consciousness in that way that we can come from that platform to the platform of Krishna consciousness. So by studying Srila Prabhupada's books, then we can be very, uh, we can be protected and guided. And studying means not just by studying, we have to follow what's in the books also. And then gradually our knowledge of Krishna, uh, love of Krishna, all of this will be that will gradually expand or develop. So, nowadays there are many books, apart from Prabhupada's books, which is good because that is kirtan. Books should be written, that should go on. But uh, we should be a little careful which books we or actually we should take advice from our guru, that's the proper system, that's the traditional system, is that you don't, don't just pick up a book and read it, but one has to take permission from one's guru what to read. Because I see, I, in the other day I was in a bookshop in an ISKCON temple, and I saw the love songs of Vidyapati in the, in the temple's bookshop, and then Ujvala Nilamani, and very, very highly exalted topics, which are not... You see, these books, they were written, like Ujvala Nilamani, they were written on parchment. They didn't have the printing press. It wasn't meant that, you know, you're not supposed to print like 50,000 copies of Ujvala Nilamani, which describes the highly intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna, and distributed everywhere. It's meant for highly exalted devotees. If anyone except a highly exalted devotee reads that, they're certain to misunderstand it. And instead of making advancement in Krishna consciousness, they'll go backward, actually. It's just like ghee is very nourishing, but if you can't digest it, then it'll make you more sick. You're already sick, and you become more sick. So, yeah, well, that's uh, how Srila Prabhupada presented Krishna consciousness in a manner was conducive for our spiritual advancement. What we need to hear. 
he spoke. I've heard it said, I, I joined or I, I was allowed to join ISKCON in 1975 and in 1973 Srila Prabhupada was in England and every he was lecturing on the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita every day. So there are many verses on the topic that we are not the body, the difference between the soul and the body. So one devotee told me that a devotee had said to Prabhupada that Prabhupada every day you're lecturing that we're not the body. Maybe you can go on to another topic because we already understood that. And devotees were very near fun sometimes. So Prabhupada said, you have not understood it and therefore I have to repeatedly say it. I also, my last physical darshan of Srila Prabhupada was in October 1977. And Srila Prabhupada, he could hardly talk. At least we have to understand he's pure devotee, Mahabhagavad, but apparently he was in the situation where he was physically debilitated. Probably they brought Prabhupada some strawberries, and Prabhupada hadn't eaten anything for weeks. And Prabhupada started saying, Sharira, Vidyajal, Jandrata. And then he started preaching that the senses are a network of paths leading to death. We should be very careful, control the tongue. So Prabhupada in Vrindavan had been there for months with all his most intimate disciples. He was lecturing. He immediately felt enlivened to preach about this. So he preached uh, what we needed to hear. So there are some thoughts. There are unlimited topics to speak about Krishna. Who is Krishna? That question could be answered in unlimited ways. But anyway, I guess having said so many things, I can say for myself, at least if I know anything about Krishna, it's by the grace of Srila Prabhupada. And at least for me, then Krishna means Prabhupada's Krishna. <laughs> And there may be so many exalted devotees, but uh, I'm not going to go here and there. I already have, by Prabhupada's mercy, I have a connection to his lotus feet, so why should, why should I go anywhere else? He can give me, he is giving Krishna, so if I ever become sane, I'll accept it from him. I'll accept the gift of Krishna from Prabhupada. Yeah, so anyone like to question or comment? Yes, please. Rasa Bhas. What does the term Rasa Bhas mean? Any question on the topic of the class? I'll answer that, but let's stick to the topic first. No, no other question. All right. Ras abhas. Abhas means a dim reflection. So ras abhas means it's not... Do you know what rasa means? You have an idea what rasa means? Yeah, well it has different meanings, but it's in this connection it generally means uh, an emotional mood. Uh, that's... Well, it means, one thing is the sthaibhav, or, the, or the, uh, the general mood of a devotee. So we say someone is in vatsalyaras, means in, in the, their, their identity is to be a parent of Krishna, or sakyaras, their, their mood is to be, their whole identity, their personality is as a friend of Krishna. But apart from that, there are various rasas, or emotional flavors which are produced from interactions with Krishna in unlimited numbers of ways. Just like by hearing Krishna's flute, the sound of his flute, or by seeing his form, or by joking with Krishna, by talking with Krishna. So in various ways, these exchanges with Krishna, either direct or indirect, they produce... Um, various moods, various feelings, various emotional moods. And uh, often at one time there may be more than one mood produced, or, or a mixing of moods. This is all analyzed in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, 
of Rupa Goswami. There may be more than, there may be a mixture of moods. Just like, uh, well, as Balaram, he, he has a mixture of mood of being a friend of Krishna. Uh, he's the brother, but his mood is friendly. But, but he also thinks of himself as a servant of Krishna and also in a protective, like a parental mood. And, uh, so, so, yeah, there are the, the main rasas and then there are uparasas or secondary rasas. Then chivalry, fear, ghastliness, laughter, these are all the, uh, various compassions, karunya ras, pathos. So these are all the, so some moods, they mix together very nicely. Just like, um, or hasiras, or the mood of laughter, that goes very well with. It's a bit of a complex topic, and but it's uh, it's one that we should also try to understand. Srila Prabhupada gave us the Patanjali Samhita. So the mood of laughter that will go very well with most of the rasas. But some of them, if, if you mix, for uh, just like um, the mood of conjugal love with Krishna, that one is appreciating the beauty of Krishna, one wants to kiss Krishna, uh, but then there is the, uh, the ghastly rasa, which, in, in which one... So an example is given in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where someone says that, I wanted to kiss Krishna. I'm just paraphrasing now. I can't remember exactly. But I, I saw Krishna's beautiful form and then I wanted to kiss Krishna. But then, you know, what is this body? It's just a stinking bag. And so that it doesn't, it doesn't mix properly. When, when the, the mixture is not very nice. Because if one actually has that feeling of wanting to kiss Krishna, then it, the, uh, it won't be relating to this material. The two moods are quite different. So it doesn't mix well. It's just like if you put chili powder in milk. Chili powder, if you put it with uh, dal, then it complements the flavor if you don't put too much. But if you put it with milk, it just... Milk tastes nice, but and chili powder also tastes nice. But if you mix, if you mix them, they don't taste nice. You have to know how to how to mix the flavors properly so that a, a good flavor is produced. That's the work of an expert cook. If you mix up the wrong flavors, then it tastes horrible and it's very bad for your health also. So in the same way, people who don't know the proper rasas, then they everything gets mixed up and it's a mess. And it's not pleasing to Krishna. Krishna is pleased by the various rasas if they're if they're properly mixed. That's another reason we can, you see it's not we can talk about Vrindavan Leela and all these things, but it's very subtle, all the different flavors. And if we if we don't understand it properly and mix it all up, then we actually displease Krishna. That's stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita. What is that? that uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Viruta Arasa Bhas. Shunale Nahoi Prabhur Chitte Ulash. That Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he, he wasn't happy when he heard anyone say anything against the proper understanding of Krishna consciousness or Rasa Bhas. They mixed up in a wrong way. It's just like someone brings you sweet rice, nice sweet rice, but it's got, instead of putting sugar, they put salt. So, to, to you bring it and say, oh, very nice, but it's not nice. You might think it's nice, but it's not nice. It doesn't please Krishna. 